Hello and welcome, JRPG enthusiast. Back to the podcast. This is episode number 47 of the JRPG Report. My name is James Fisher. Welcome, welcome all back to the party and back to the fun. It's uh, not been too long since our last podcast, and I am trying to do these a little more often. That being said, I definitely wanted to get this one out before Christmas time and all the holiday season. Let me be the first to wish every one of you guys a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I, In particular, <laughs> Apple was so kind as to send out a, a mass email saying that podcast upload times may be delayed. Um, so I want to give them as much time as possible to make sure this one gets out there and, and to your ears as quickly as possible before Christmas so that you can uh, get to listen to it over over the break. Well, I guess if you have a break, if you're like me, there is no such thing. Yeah, the kid's out of school, but that's, that's about the only break there is. If anything, it's more hectic. Um, but I do have a special... Um, Christmas memory, you know, trip down memory lane type look back. I want to talk to you guys about later on in the podcast. Um, I've assembled a massive list of games that all at the moment uh, are heading out um, to be played in the coming year of 2019. Can you believe it? 2019 just sounds weird. Um, and then of course we've got, we've got a lot of news to talk about. I didn't think this was going to happen, but, uh, you know, every time I, I say that, then a bunch of news stories comes that I, I feel like we need to talk about. So let's dive right into that. And first and foremost, this one's hot off the presses, just broke, um, a few hours ago in Japan and my friends at, uh, uh Gamatsu, uh, where I get almost all my information from RRP gamers, also a good source for, for information. You guys keep up with those. That's pretty much where I get the material for the podcast, other than my own brain. But there is, an, and to no great surprise, there is a new Yeez 9 coming out, and it is called Monstrum Nox. I guess that's how you say it. Uh, it's for PS4, and it will be releasing 2019 for in Japan. That is all the information we have right now. Uh, as I mentioned, this is brand new, so word on a Western release will probably be coming in the next couple of months. Uh, Falcom was kind enough to announce this today, and I'll read you a little bit about it since it's all brand new. It will take place in Baldu, which is northeast of Estrur in the... <laughs> and bear with me on all these pronunciations. I'm not sure how any of it's supposed to be pronounced. Uh, in the uh, Gila Eldingen region. And it's set in a huge city as Prison City. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm not about to live in no city called Prison City. <laughs> so I'm not sure how it's a huge city while all these people are clamoring to live in, in such a place that may be some sort of English translation mishap we're not aware of um but <laughs> anyway this is the new adventure shrine the mysteries hidden in the city that will unfold alongside people called monstrum who possess supernatural abilities and the use trademark series qualities such as speedy action diverse skill attacks free dashes and jumps and battles against giant bosses will return alongside numerous new elements Connected to the Yeez 9 setting, including the use of supernatural actions of Monstrum to freely explore all areas of the field, guild operations in Prison City, and more. And of course, um, here's the official story blurb, and it asks the questions, who are the Monstrum that have appeared in the city? What is the secret behind Prison City? And what of that red-headed adventurer, Adel Christian? So, that's what we got for that. <laughs> Not a ton of information, but I guess more just if you are a fan of that series, 
know that the next game is indeed being developed and will be out next year in Japan. And I would guess, you know, I guess it depends on when it comes out as to when we'll be getting it. But this may even slip to 2020 as far as uh, getting it over here in the West. Um, do have, and let me go off uh, and just say this first and foremost. Kingdom Hearts 3 is on lockdown for me. It's officially that close to where... I don't want to see it. Don't be looking for um, <laughs> in-depth trailer reviews from me. If you want to go see um, final launch trailer or battle trailer or whatever else they want to call it, go right ahead because I know of at least one spoiler that's in there. And I won't... Um, you know what? I'm not going to tell you guys what it is. Let's just say it was speculated on, and just by diving into the trailer, you can pretty much surmise that it is true. Um, But I don't want to see that stuff. Um, I don't need to see the opening movie. That's what firing up the disc for the first time is for. So what's going on is, and I believe I might have even said this before when it went gold, um, and we talked about in the last podcast, that's a long time. And I realize there's, a, you know, it's a worldwide launch. They needed extra time for production. But what has happened, perhaps inevitably with such a large window, you know, it went gold a while ago. So you're basically talking two months. Well, pirated copies have floated out there. Um, so, with that being said, uh, Nomura had this to say that they are well of, a, well of a small portion of Kingdom Hearts 3 has been circulating online before its official release. They know how it happened, and they are sorry that it did happen. They're investigating and ask for people not to share videos. Well, if you stole a copy of it, you're going to be sharing you're probably not caring too much um, about what game creators and Square Enix has to say about it. Um, so they're like, we're one mouth for release, so let's enjoy the game together when it releases on the 29th. Now that, that part I can agree on. That I just want to experience the game and enjoy it along with everyone else and not know anything else until then. That's just kind of kind of sad that that happened but if you really said that early these things are bound to happen i'm glad to see all the hype for it it seems like this is going to be one of those jrpgs that a lot of people are going to be into um we don't you know you know as well as i do it's not the most popular genre out there, but I think it's gaining in popularity. I think we're getting all new types of fans that have never played it before and are really excited about this game. Square did do a pretty good job of um, <clears throat> re-releasing the first two and then every other game, the story so far, you know, all these re-releases so people could play the first two again and be ready for this one. So I think this is going to be a very, very popular title and uh, a great time for it to to come out here at the beginning of the year. And on Kingdom Hearts 3 news, I'm a bit sad (laughs) about this, but I'm so happy at the same time. There is a PS4 exclusive Kingdom Hearts version. We knew that. I didn't think it'd be coming here, but it is. So it is proven that it's at least maybe it's maybe Sony was waiting to see how many pre-orders there was for the game before um, seeing that there's going to be uh, this system come out. And as you guys know or may remember, I just bought my PS4 Pro <laughs> for the Red Dead bundle, and it's a great deal because I got a free game out of it. But it's just the PS4 Pro. There's nothing special. Well, this one is special. 
it's got some crazy markings on the system itself. Really don't know, you know, what it's supposed to be, but it's, you know, Kingdom Hearts. I see a keyblade, multiple keyblades all over the place, hearts and stuff. There's even the symbol on the touchpad of the controller, along with look like some gray ends on the uh, the two handles. And if, if it wasn't enough that there's a PS4 Pro limited edition coming to North America and Europe for only three ninety nine to launch alongside with the game. Oh, oh wait a second, sorry, Canada. It's four ninety nine. <laughs> um, so it'd be good enough to get that system limited edition for four ninety nine, but you get a physical copy of the game as well. I'm really sad. I, <laughs> if I would have known this was happening, I would have waited. I surely would have waited because this thing is so sweet and it's such a great deal on top of getting a really cool system. Um, in all my years of gaming, I've never bought a special uh, theme system before. I did pick up the wife a, uh, a Legend of Zelda 3DS when those came out. So this would have been my first. <laughs> um, Yeah. But... That doesn't mean you guys can't go get one and enjoy it and be happy, all right? So definitely get out there and pick that one up. And um, if you're getting the game anyway, say, until game's up. Oh, by the way, this is exclusive at GameStop, I do believe. Let me double check that. Uh, yeah, exclusive at GameStop in the United States and EB Games in Canada. So don't go looking for this on Amazon or best buy or anything you'll have to go down to gamestop and if you got a pre-order say hey actually let me uh cancel that pre-order and let me get the system instead and um get on the facebook page jrpg report and send me a picture with your new system or just the game or um there's tons of action figures floating around i've seen um i've got a couple of the pops um for kingdom hearts 3 and i'm seeing some of the figures floating around so Definitely send those pics over to the Facebook page. That'd be really cool. But, yeah, definitely get out there and pick it up. Um, oh, by the way, uh, the North American edition will include... Um, it's just a standard edition of the game. In Europe, it's the deluxe edition, which you get an exclusive Sora Pan, Steelbook, and full-color hardback art book. So that's pretty cool. We got some new details about... Uh, Altelier Lulula, I guess that's how it is. And so there's some new characters that have been announced. Uh, Sturk is making a comeback. He was, of course, in the f in the uh, the first three Arlen games, so it's no real surprise that he is he is back. We got characters named Mana and Stia, and of course there's some um, new details about the synthesis um, aspects of the game, as there's always. That's kind of the kind of the, uh, the idea behind this. So we know all about Sturk. He's you know famous knight. Mia or Mana is apparently an orphanage girl. She looks childlike. In short, she's a girl with the innocence and mischievous you'd expect of someone her age. Also speaks in a peculiar and meaningful way. And then there's Stia, a girl who lacks emotions. She kind of looks like a uh, homunculus. Um, her graceful behavior from the way she looks to how she talks and moves gives the impression of a girl from a good family. However, she is not well acquainted with the subtleties of human emotion. So that's kind of kind of odd. Um, the synthesis series is evolved. Um... Gives the player freedom of increased and new ailments that may be added. Considering the characteristics of the recipe, the effects of the finished items can also change. So I'm sure we're going to be getting a ton more information all about it. This, uh, basically, just the synthesis system looks to be really, um, you know, 
complicated. <laughs> Not quite as simple as it um, used to be. And uh, let's say the battle system this time is based around the well-received combination battle system from um, Lily and Swill. The one of the uh, mysterious painting. And I've still got to pick that one up. I was thinking about getting that one on the Switch. Um, and try and figure that one out and have me something to play on the Switch. We'll see. Uh, I kind of was hoping for it to come down in price a little bit more before I do that. Of course, uh, I'll tell you, the Lua, a sign of Ireland, is down on PS4 and Switch on March 20th in Japan. And uh, we'll get it on PS4, Switch, and PC, North American Europe, sometime in the spring of 2019. On to the next... Uh, no, really nothing to talk about there. <laughs> Sorry, I've got all these stories pulled up. And uh, it's kind of like, do I want to talk about them or not? And uh, I never never knew. There's a new trailer that came out for Mario Luigi. Bowser's Inside Story plus Bowser Jr.'s Journey. What an awful title. I mean, that is just, that's really, <laughs> really long. Uh, there's a six-minute overview if you guys want to check that out. Um we are getting it uh, North America, January 25th. No, no, no. That's wrong. It is coming out on 3DS on uh, December 27th in Japan, January 11th in North America, and January 25th in Europe. So the graphics definitely look like they've gotten quite a bit of upgrade from the original release, as you would expect. And uh, I've never actually played any of the Mario and Luigi titles. They're ones that have always really uh, intrigued me and just didn't get around to it. And I'll be honest, I'm lucky if I play my Vita. And it's even harder to go back to the 3DS. And uh, even if I wanted to, um, the wife kind of um, owns the 3DS right now. Because she likes to play her Animal Crossing from time to time. Uh, <laughs> and I like Animal Crossing about as much as I like Pokemon. Just... Uh, not for me. Square Enix announced that uh, near Antamata will get a Yorha edition. I guess it's basically you know your you get your game of the year editions, and this is uh, this is their version of it. It will come out in Japan on February twenty first. PC will get it on February twenty seventh, and uh, in North America and Europe. It'll be on PS4 and PC on February 26th. The game is going to be $40, which is pretty good because I've actually been looking to pick this one up, and you don't see it a whole lot. And even used when you see it, it still looks like it's in that $30 to $40 range. So this may be the perfect opportunity to pick it up as well at a brand new for just 40 bucks. That's really good. So here's a list of what you get. And uh, I'm going to butcher some of this, I'm sure. Uh, you get the game. You get the DLC, which is some really long <laughs> barcode of numbers and letters. 3C, 3C, blah, 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 blah. Bonus content. You get the accessory of the machine mask, the pod model, Grimoire Weiss, pod skin, a cardboard, pod skin, retro red, pod skin, retro gray. PS4 only pod skin, a play system. PS4 only pod skin of Ama Zarashi. Sorry. PS4 only bonus dynamic theme. PS4 only bonus 15 PlayStation Network avatars. The PC only accessory of the valve and the PC only bonus of two new wallpapers. So very, uh, very cool that they are releasing that. And um believe I will pick that up. Not when it first comes out, but um, I've been meaning to, to get into this game. So very excited to finally finally do that at some point when um, there's not a million JRPGs to play. We have got news of Nino Kuni 2. 
And there's new downloadable content for you guys if you haven't already. It should have automatically downloaded to your PS4 if you got that set up. This came back uh, on uh, December 13th. So it's a free update that fixes uh, minor issues and raises the maximum level cap to party to 120. As well, you get the Layer of the Lost Lord DLC. I'll read you the overview via Bandai Namco. Players will be able to dive into the mysterious labyrinth and face new and terrifying enemies, including the Prince of Wraiths, as our heroes seek to avoid the destruction of the Evermore Kingdom. So that's pretty cool. I'd like to see them expand upon the story a little bit that way. New features include the Labyrinth, a brand new zone containing a number of new enemies and challenges, something called the uh, Marshall Method. Uh, the latest addition to the battle system, players will get access to two martial methods. Gizmo Supremo, which provides players access to high-tech gadgets and to turn the tide of battle and the ding-dong discipline, a combat method inherited by the kingdom's finest warriors. Martial methods can be changed and improved in the kingdom. You've got some new quests, evading the past to some of the main characters, and new pieces of equipment to collect. Like I said, that came out the other day. There's a uh, trailer for you guys if you want to check that out. From the uh, screenshot on the trailer, it looks like it's a giant rat. A ghost thing attacking Evan. So maybe it's something to do with Ding Dong Dale's past. But always a fan of free DLC. Don't know if that's a reason for me to go and pick it back up again. Certainly not today, but maybe in the future. But yeah, never a bad thing when you're getting um, updates and new modes and things added on for free. That's that's cool in my book. Um, since we last talked, Bandai Namco was busy, and they also announced a uh, a new trailer. For the Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition, um, the Definitive Edition includes upscale screen resolution characters, events, and costumes that were never released outside Japan, as well as the two new playable party members, Flynn, the main character's best friend rival, and Patty, the young pirate searching for her lost memories. Tales of Vesperia uses a specialized uh, itineration of the Tales of series linear motion battle system for combat. Players control a single party member in real-time combat, while other players are controlled by AI. They can switch out between any of the four characters at any time during the battle, and can perform special attacks, magic arts, or even powerful mystic arts. So excited for this one. Do out PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC via Steam worldwide. January 11th, less than a month away to play one of the few Tales games I've not played. Super excited about that. Um, I'm going to save this last piece of news. So guys, you may have noticed, um, I'm not sure exactly when they play, but there are at least ads right now for... um, anchor since i've joined them of course they are a free service so i certainly did not mind recording a short ad for them and um hope you guys just understand that it is still um it's not much to ask to listen to a just a short little ad i'm certainly not making <laughs> bukus of dollars off of it i think the other day it was like 22 cents or something like that so eventually in the future that may add up to being something more significant but you know, it is a free platform, and it is amazing, everything that I get for them. So, kind of the exchange for that, instead of me having to boot payout. And to be honest, when I was paying for my other service, it was about 80 bucks a year to host and distribute that. And I don't get, didn't get half the features I do right now for free. So, the trade-off is, you might have to listen to an ad or two. <laughs> and I hope you don't mind. Um, but, uh, just to understand that it is... Ads are a part of our lives. I saw, I did see a funny uh, uh, comment the other day, like you know, in a in a few years from now, you're gonna have to watch an ad first before you know getting a phone call. 
<laughs> when that day comes, it'll give me just one more reason to never want to talk on the phone. Um, I want to wrap up my uh, thoughts on Dragon Quest XI. Um, I don't really do reviews as much anymore, and I think it's more the idea that by the time I'm talking to you guys about it, and I've played all the way through to get a review, it's reviews are out there for people. And but if I had to give a score to Dragon Quest Eleven, it would be at least a nine, if not nine five out of ten. It is absolutely everything I ever wanted to play. Um, I've been getting back into the post content stunt stuff here recently, and it's very challenging. Um, it's still really hard to level up, and really, like in Dragon Quest Eight, there was uh, one hill that you could get to. Uh, you had to fly to get there, and I remember there was this one little section, basically, where um, King Metal Slimes would pop up fairly fairly regularly. Uh, they still fleed quite often, and of course, really, Yangus was the only one with a uh, with a skill that could hit with a critical hit with some frequency, you know, your characters always have a chance to do it normally. And sometimes that would happen, but I spent a lot of time on that heel, <laughs> just gaining levels. And there's no place that I have found in the game for that. There's nothing online that says there's a place like that. You've got to, you've got to pep up your party and do, um, Oh, what's that skill? It's a skill that Sylv, the hero, and Jade have to do, and that summons uh, metal monsters. Sometimes it actually summons robots. So what I've been doing is, uh, once I get those three members pepped up, you go save your game, and then you do, um, do the skill, and... Most of the time, like, I think it depends on what level you're at. I'm in the high 60s, almost 70 right now. So you'll get a uh, one liquid metal slime, the post-content version with the um, the vicious one or whatever it is. And then you get three metal slimes. And I think I killed all of them one time and got... I think I got 180,000 experience. Keep in mind, every level is over 100,000 to gain a level right now. Some of them gained two, and most just gained one. And that whole process <laughs> of even getting pepped up in the first place, then the battle, it was at least a 30 minute kind of ordeal. And the only other place I found to really grind is at the uh, the one well station there in the mangrove. And you can find some hardy hands there from time to time if they don't run away. <laughs> so it's extremely hard to level up in this point. And it takes quite a while. So that's that's been a little frustrating because I need to level up some more to do some of the challenges. There's this really cool, <clears throat> when you go back to uh, Angrela, and um, you see Master Pang and uh, the uh, the little short guy has has some challenges for you. And what's really cool is there are four rounds, and you don't all you get is like the monster's name, so you really don't know what you're going to be facing. And for each one, like the one I'm on the fourth series of them right now. You have to use all eight characters. But what it is, is for those four battles, like the first one you use three members, uh, the second one you use two, the second one you use two, and the final battle you just use one. So you've got to divvy up your party before any of it starts and decide what's going to be the best um, group to take this particular series of monsters down. Now, these are pretty high-level monsters. They look regular, but they're really tough. If that wasn't enough, 
you only have a certain amount of turns to accomplish this sin. So for all four battles to get the best prize, I think it's it's between 12 and 16 turns. It's pretty low. Um, but anyway, uh, that's really fun. There's some really, there's tons, so much post content. It's really incredible. If you don't experience that, you're really missing a lot. Um, I'm glad they didn't put it into the main game because the main game was long enough on its own. But it's a really cool bonus and it really drives up its play value. I'm going to be, I don't know how many hours it's going to take me to do everything. It's going to be quite a few to say the least, but I absolutely love the game. I'm loving it even more that I get so much out of it. Really, really, really fun stuff. So the last story that I want to talk to you guys about is we have an official name for one of my most anticipated games, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. So they dropped the project part, obviously since it's not a project anymore. And instead of it being R-E colon link, it is now one word, Relink. So that looks like it's going to be the official title. It is going to be a spinoff of the mobile game series that's only in Japan, so we really don't know about it yet. Um, that battle system looks so amazing. The world looks amazing. It is uh, <laughs> sky pirates and all these. There's all these islands in the sky that you've got to travel back and forth to. The world seems alive. It looks incredible. Like it really gives me like. The, the feelings of a fantasy, uh, of an old Final Fantasy game mixed with modern exploration of maybe like a Dragon Quest title with the theme of like Scars of Arcadia. Just awesome. Awesome idea. It looks so good. Platinum Games, most of the time... <laughs> It does a great job. So the only thing I'm worried about, because the more I read about this title, these are mobile game people. It sounds like there could be some, um, I don't know, just some, some weird interface issues, but I'm not going to, I'm going to reserve judgment until I see what the game was put out. The main character is just called Hero, and at least for the illustrations, there is a a male and female version. So maybe you get to pick uh, which one you want to be. It's got your standard cast of awesome JRPG um, people. To you know, you've got the uh, mysterious girl who's been captured by the Empire. He's had experiments on her because she's got you know special powers. You've got the knight that <laughs> objected to the Empire. You know, a la Celis from FF six and she actually helps uh this girl who is called uh Lyra uh, and the knight's name is Kalina helps her break out the hero you know joins party with the hero you've got your little red dragon named uh Vern or V Y R N however you pronounce that. You got your other sky pirates uh Rackham um you've got your mage young girl Io you got your other soldier in the sky with this big gun, uh, Yugen. Uh, <laughs> you've got, uh, who's this called? Rosetta, who's a bystander, but their roots firmly planted in both the past and the present. So you've got your awesome party of characters. You've got a beautiful world. Everything is setting up for this to be JRPG gold. Get it on your radar. It's coming out probably this year. Hopefully this year, we'll just keep our fingers crossed because it looks awesome. Really, really excited to finally uh, find it. There's a bunch of information out there on it now. Um, it's set in this world called uh, Zega Grand. Um, it, it's set up to where if you're a fan of the series, you're going to know exactly what's going on. But if you 
or like most of us, especially in the West, and don't have a clue, it's going to be fine. You're just jumping into it. There's no backstory that you have to know. Um, it says, although the story connects with the main quest of the original game, it's a bit further than the main game has gone. So there may be some tie-in with those. And I dare say we may actually get the mobile version if this does well and have that tie-in. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see, and that doesn't really um, doesn't really factor into what I think about it. Um, Noboru Uematsu is actually doing the music for this game. I found that out the other day, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> How can that be a bad thing, right? So yeah, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. And there's a ton more information out there in trailers and pictures. So definitely check that out if uh, if you're a little more interested and want to find out some more about it. So let's go down the list. This great, huge, I don't know, there's like 20 games on here that um, may not be all traditional JRPGs, but at least have some of the elements in it. And... Um, ones to to keep and, and i'll probably even missed a few of them but these are just all the ones that um that i can find out so quick grand blue fantasy relink the only thing i think we have on it is 2019 um at this point which is fine i mean i'm a game like this from a young uh developer and with the bow system that it has yeah, actually, the the release date is still to be determined. But I would, where I'm seeing this game at, and how much progress it's made, I I would say we, at the very least, Japan will get it this year, so it may slip in the next year for us. But that's okay, we can wait. Uh, of course, we we mentioned Tales of Asperia, January 11th, not long for that. Kingdom Hearts three, January 29th. Uh, totally lost in this and. Um, I feel bad because I'm not going to be able to pick it up right away. I've played it through, you know, twice now already. Legend of Heroes 1 and 2 for PS4 is January 29th. Or, I'm sorry, 22nd. It's the 22nd. That's uh, that's a little interesting. We'll have to see how that pans out. And I, I kind of hate that that's when it's coming out. I don't know if they didn't think that one all the way through. Could it probably waited? I mean, the games have been done for a while. They probably should have waited a little bit. Because even me, like the world's biggest fan of that series, is not going to pick it out the day it comes out. Why would it? It's a week before Kingdom Hearts. It's kind of crazy. Um, other actual firm release dates we have, and I'm not a fan of the series, but I'm sure some of you are. Is uh, Shimmin Three is coming out August 27th. A little weird that we know the exact date. So far out, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, God of Year 3 is on February the 8th. Uh, Nelky and the Legendary Alchemist, March the 26th. RPG Maker MV, February 26th. Uh, the Caligula Effect is on March the 12th. Uh, I had another one here. Oh, <laughs> the remake of Catherine call Catherine full body because uh, I'm sure this is what you <laughs> want to do on Valentine's Day it comes out February 14th and I own this game on PS3 but I never got to play it so this might be another one that um, a little bit further down the line I pick up and um, want to want to get into the rest of these are all a little more um, up in the air or at least they're they're probably coming out this year, but uh, can't nail down that time. Edge of Eternity, a game I'm super looking forward to. It's in early access now. It was a um, crowdfunded game. Uh, you can play it on PC. I think it's like 20 bucks, and you get the early version of it, and they're still working on it. I think I'll wait. I mean, my PC can't probably handle it anyway, so... I'll just wait till I finally get a PS4 version, maybe this year. 
that one could be more next year. Same thing with uh, Lost Souls aside. It's marked down as 2019. We've been waiting on this one for a while, and it could it could slip as well. Code Vein has already been delayed once, and I think I heard March for this one, but at, as of right now, it's just saying 2019 as well. That could get pushed back again. DQ Builders 2, Dragon Quest Builders 2, 2019 as well. Um, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles remake is coming out this year. I'd forgotten about that one. Uh, but yeah, just a just a broad 2019 earmark for that. Uh, Ark of Alchemist is going to be quarter three, so more the fall of this year. Um, we talked about this one a little while ago, the Altair Lula, quarter two, so more the spring time. Uh, the newest expansion for Final Fantasy XIV, Shadowbringers, uh, quarter three of this year. Noki and the Legendary Alchemist. So we already talked about that one. Um, and the last one on the list, separate Super Neptunia RPG Quarter Two. And <laughs> so this was funny. On the same list, it did have Final Fantasy VII Remake, and uh, <laughs> they put it down at twenty twenty four. We may get that game by then. Who knows? I I saw an interesting theory about remake that um they're just going to take so long that it ends up being on the next system and that would be so sad or it's one of these it's actually being developed for both that's why it's taking so long and because uh, of course the rumor is um 2020 for PS5 and at this rate would you be surprised if FF7 Remake wasn't coming out until 2020 I, I would because I really truly think this is episodic that we're going to get at least the first episode this year surely to goodness they've got a third of the game done to, to release it but I don't know of course now that you know Kingdom Hearts 3 is done we're going to be getting the full uh, Square Enix treatment on FF7 Remake. So maybe that'll speed things up a bit. I certainly hope so. The game has just been stuck in some sort of neutral for a while. It needs a kick in the pants. So that's all the uh, the ones I've got listed. So, I mean, it's going to be an expensive year, fans. <laughs> that's that's about all i got to say for this list. There are a lot of games that I would like to play on here. Um, obviously, Vesperia and Kingdom Hearts in January, that's going to be expensive. I mentioned my love for, for what could be Grand Blue Fantasy. Those are the big ones. I think they've got my the most of my attention. Um, it's going to be hard to beat the past couple of years of JRPGs, but these games are going to try to do it. So I wanted to just take a look back in honor of the upcoming uh, Christmas season. Um, I know this podcast has gone a little bit long. I'm kind of surprised. That's pretty cool. But I was just thinking to myself about some of my younger years, and I may have even touched on this in previous podcasts from from long ago there's three um memories in particular that i thought you guys would find a little humorous and maybe you've got some of your own tales and if you would like to uh send me a voicemail on the you got what first thing you gotta do is go and download the anchor app okay when you do that you can then go to the podcast and you can send me a voicemail. How cool is that, right? So and then when you do that, I will then play it on the podcast and try to answer it. So I would love to hear, you know, your favorite JRPG 
memories of Christmas past. Maybe you've got some stories similar to what I'm about to tell you. But uh, I'd love to hear them. So, or any other gaming JRPG questions or comments or thoughts. Definitely do that for me. That would be that'd be fantastic. So, the earliest one I can remember, and you got to remember, if you're anything like me growing up, it's not like it is now. You know, you just didn't get a game the day it came out. There's two days a year that you get video games on your birthday and at Christmas. So <laughs> we certainly had to uh, to wait and buy our time. And I don't know if these are in any particular order uh, in terms of chronological, but I distinctly remember the year that we got Final Fantasy VI for Christmas, and. Um, Growing up, it was me and my little brother. He was, I think we were about two years difference. And um, I'd obviously gotten into JRPGs early with the first Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. And he never really showed much interest in any of them until that game came out. Um, we'd always, you know, growing up, you got a little brother or sister, you had to do things together. And so video games was one of the things we did together, but... You know, never really had a JRPG that you could do that with. You could actually play two-player on Super Nintendo, uh, Final Fantasy VI, in terms of you could each control individual party members. So it, I think we split it up to each. I may have done three of them, and he did one. But he he was Scion. He was the knight. And... um so he always controlled him, and he was one of the best characters. So he was usually in my party, and um, I'd usually, you know, Locke was my boy, so I had him in there. Usually, Celis, uh, Edgar, or Saban, you, you name it. Um, we we would switch them out and have them in our party. Of course, everybody could use magic, so he didn't have to have that mage all the time. Um, but I recall very distinctly. Uh, the both of us playing playing that game for long periods of time. That Christmas was the first that our <laughs> our new little brother was was there. Uh, my half brother Zach, and uh, so I'm twelve or thirteen. My brother Tim, you know, ten or eleven, and here is little baby Zach. And also growing up, you know, you've got to take care of your brother or sister. <laughs> well. He was barely, he was born in July, so, you know, about that time he was sitting up, and um, it was very much our our turn to take care of the baby and, and watch him for a while, but he couldn't even sit, he could barely sit up on his own, and uh, <laughs> I remember uh, my mom getting upset with us because we weren't, we were playing that video game, and we weren't taking care of watching my little brother, so my solution to this was to create a a ring of pillows around my little baby brother. So, you know, obviously if he fell over, he landed on the pillow. Problem solved. And we can keep gaming. <laughs> uh, my mom didn't quite think it was as ingenious. And um, we may have got a timeout from the game for a little bit. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do to game on. It's Christmas break, Mom. I only got so much time before we got to go back to school. I got to do this. <laughs> um, and I don't remember, I think, I guess Earthbound probably came out before that. So maybe it was, it was either the Christmas before that or the Christmas after. And we were visiting my uh, my grandmother for the holidays. And she, of course, didn't have a clue what a video game was, but knew that we were into them. And that's what we wanted for Christmas. So I think we went to KB. That was the game store or the best place to go around her house. And I remember getting there and all I wanted was earthbound. And, um, we get there and of course it's in, it's in the giant box with the strategy guide and everything in it. And that's all I could think about Nintendo power. I'd put that, you know, the smell stuff in there and it was, 
I knew I knew it's what I wanted. And we get there, and if we recall, back in the day, Super Nintendo games, retailers could kind of charge whatever they wanted for it. <laughs> and Super Nintendo was the worst. So routinely, games would would be more. And I'm I'm, you know, it's been a long time ago, but I'm pretty sure it was ninety dollars there. And even though my grandmother uh, was not hard up for cash at the time by any stretch of the imagination, $90 was too much to spend on her grandchild for Christmas, apparently. Uh, or at least it was at first. She, I could, I just, I remember the sticker shock on her face that she thought she was getting out of there cheap by getting her grandkid a, a video game. But um, no, no, that was an expensive trip to KB because I, I, I definitely got the game. And um, was forever grateful, but just uh, that's. I think I learned the value of money pretty early in life, and that was definitely an experience. And the last one I want to share is uh, similarly a few years or not too long later, I guess. You know, being the Final Fantasy fanatic that I was, all I wanted for Christmas was Final Fantasy VII one year. Well, you had to have a new system for that <laughs> PlayStation. So I don't even know how mom managed to do it, but uh, she probably scraped together everything she could and maybe borrowed a few dollars from a few relatives. But sure enough, that Christmas morning we had had a new PlayStation and uh, Final Fantasy VII to play. And uh, we had to get a game for brother because he didn't care. So I'm pretty sure he got Croc. Not some sort of slang, you know, remember Croc, the game, the horrible, horrible game. I think I won that. uh, I think I came out on top on that (laughs) uh, comparison of games. But uh, that was that was a very, very good Christmas, to say the least. And uh, little brother was a little older by that time, so he could sit up on his own and didn't require a pillow for it so that was my trip down memory lane hope you enjoyed that and uh hope i haven't went too long with today's podcast uh had a lot of stuff to cover and uh, like i said i wanted to get this one out there before christmas hope you guys have enjoyed it let me wish you guys again a very merry christmas and happy new year and uh hopefully we'll be back in a few weeks maybe i'll probably uh i'll probably wait till tales comes out and uh, so we can share some joy and uh, how great that experience has been since uh, since I've got it. So look for the next podcast sometime mid, mid-January. Until then, guys, have a very happy holidays. And whatever you do, make some special time for your family. And, but um, remind them that you've got JRPGs to play. It's Christmas break. you only got so much time. Until next time, guys, get back out there and level up. <laughs>